Welcome to Mommy Diary, the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Kim. I'm a creative, lifestyle blogger, and mom of four. This podcast is all about honest stories of motherhood and real conversations with real mothers just like you. Unlike my Instagram account, not everything will be beautiful. I promise to be vulnerable and share stories of all the struggles and the incredible moments we all share as women and mothers. So do me a favor and screenshot this episode, add it to your IG stories, then tag me at Mommy Diary. I'd love to feature you on my Insta stories. We're all in this together, mamas. Let's dive into the show. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Mommy Diary, the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in again. I'm so glad to be back. So yesterday I was out running some errands in the morning, which I don't normally do. I'm home. I'd say 90%, 95% of my week is spent at home. But yesterday I was running errands and I saw that I was getting a lot of notifications from Instagram on my phone and text messages. But, you know, when I'm working nowadays, when I'm focused on something, I don't pick up my phone because once I do, then I end up spending more time on it and kind of scrolling and responding. So I usually put my phone away in my bag when I'm focused on something. So I didn't check this until hours later. And I found out that I was nominated for Instagram of the year by this very influential summit called Mom 2.0. It's the very first summit that I went to as a blogger. And it's a summit that taught me and inspired me so much. It's really a, a place that kind of made me want to level up in my blogging game. And I'd say, even though I was blogging before that, Going to Mom 2.0 Summit was a very meaningful and transformative point of my blogging career because that's when I decided I really want to take this seriously. I was so amazed at all the brands who are so eager to work with moms. That's when I really saw the, like just the power that these, that these women, these mothers had in today's industry and not not only in social media but just just branding just advertising and marketing in general and it's really where i felt so inspired to really like become my own boss so anyway that was 5 years ago i didn't know anybody so i went alone i remember asking a few of my friends to go with me because i really didn't want to go here alone but no one could make it so I ended up really like I was pregnant. I think I was, I was about five months pregnant with my son. I drove to Dana Point every morning just to spend all day with people that I didn't know. It was so scary. It was really like going into a brand new school as a new student. And I made a few friends. But, you know, when you're at these networking events, uh, you know, everyone, some people already have their friend groups and me being the, I'm kind of shy in those group settings. So it was really hard. I remember feeling really just like scared and intimidated and just feeling very small. But either way, you know, I, I'm, I worked hard. I went to all the workshops. I learned a lot and it really changed the course of my career. So if you're out there and if you love to like network with women, whatever you're doing, if you want to get more ideas, whether it's blogging, vlogging, podcasting, you know, writing a book, starting a small business, or just even marketing online, I highly recommend Mom 2.0. So anyway, this summit recognized me as one of the Instagram of the year. It was 
amazing, like such an amazing accomplishment and milestone. I don't know if I'm going to win because the women who are also nominated are just powerhouses in the social media space. But it was just such an honor just to even be on the list. And it made me wonder like who is nominating me and who's looking at me, who's watching me, because I don't really know how the process works. I was seriously so shocked when I heard the news and I'm just so thankful when I say this, I share this. I know it sounds like bragging, like I'm really bad about talking about myself in this way, but I just want to share with you guys that hard work does pay off, you know, like when you are passionate about something and you have a purpose-driven brand, business, a purpose-driven anything really, and you just, you know, wake up every day and you show up you know, things, good things happen. And this isn't just me. It happens to all of us. I want you guys to, you know, remember that. So if you feel stuck today out there, whatever it is that you're doing, just keep going, you know, just go back don't give up because one day you're going to have these little milestones and accomplishments that just like happen. This literally just like fell into my lap is what it feels like. Although I don't want to take away from the fact that I did work very hard I worked my butt off for the past four or five years and I worked really hard to improve my photography and my videos, which is what I'm going to talk to you guys about today because Instagram is all about photos. You know, sure, it's not all about pretty things, but we know we, we often call Instagram our highlight reel for the right reason because Instagram is a very visual platform and we tell stories on Instagram through photos. And it's really funny. I find it a very, it's not, I don't think it's a coincidence that on the day I'm, I want to talk to you guys about photography tips is the day I found out about this nomination. It tells me that my tips are working and that these um, different approaches to photography is translating to a good Instagram account. So today I want to share with you guys my top photography tips that proved to work for me. I've been successful in getting really amazing brand deals and sponsor opportunities by using my Instagram as my major portfolio. And I began my account by taking photos of my children, myself, but it was more my kids in the beginning. So I want to share these tips. I hope that you guys find it useful and I hope that you guys, you know, get something out of it to inspire you to take more photos of your family, especially during this time where a lot of us are stuck at home with each other. Number one, lighting is crucial. You cannot underestimate the power of a good light because this can really make or break your photography. You can have the best camera, the most expensive camera, but in poor lighting situation, your photo is not going to come out good. On the flip side, if you have amazing light, you can take some beautiful photos with your iPhones. Right now, I use my Canon 5D, which is a professional grade camera. You know, I, I upgraded to this after, you know, years of exploring with other smaller and cheaper cameras. And I'm going to go into that later, but under good light, your iPhone can take 
amazing photos and oftentimes I use my iPhone even for my sponsor content because the photos just come out better. I don't know if it's the composition, it could be the clarity or just the ability just to like snap and just capture that moment. Whereas a big camera can take a few minutes to not not a few minutes, but you know, it might take you up to 10-15 seconds to get the right setting. And you know, in those situations, in the perfect scenario, with the perfect lighting situation, you are able to get better photos with your DSLR or your mirrorless. But, you know, with kids photography, sometimes you just have to capture that moment and your iPhone is just as amazing for that. So natural light is very important. So make sure you're always by a natural light source, you know, windows. I love some of my best photos were captured by the window, not being backlit. You know, backlit is when you're either the window is behind you. Sometimes you can get some really cool artistic shots this way, but usually when the window is right behind you, your face comes out very dark, which means you're losing all the details of your face. So I like to use like a 45 degree angle where the light is coming to you, like hitting you from the side of your face. So if you're trying to take a really good photo of your kid's inside the house, make sure you position them by the window. And if you're outside, you know, you've heard of the word, the term golden hour. The golden hour is an hour or two before sunset. And this really depends on like the day, like where you're located. Sometimes it's just foggy. You don't get a lot of sunlight. So, you know, golden hour might not matter so much. But sometimes like right before sunset, like around right now, it's around like four to six o'clock. You'll see this really beautiful, soft golden light that just like kind of sparkles. That is a golden hour and you don't want to miss that time. So you see, you'll see a lot of photographers prefer to shoot in the morning, like early, early morning when the light is not so harsh and at the golden hour before sunset because the light is so pretty. And this is when you get that soft glow. During the, during midday, like around 12 to three o'clock, the light, the sun is really harsh. It's like midday. It's right above you. You know, that's when you can't open your eyes because it's too bright. The harsh light casts shadows on your face and it's just not very flattering. So I try to always shoot in the morning or at the golden hour before sunset. And sometimes I love shooting with my iPhone at the golden hour because this is when you get that really pretty rainbow Um, if you see on my instagram there's a photo of me and my baby with like this rainbow over us and that was taken with an iphone at the golden hour if you shoot like if you point your iphone towards the sun when the sunlight is softer there's like a moment when you can catch rainbows. Oh, I love that moment. And you can catch rainbows. You can't chase it. You just have to kind of like play around with how you angle, like how you position your phone. But oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. I'm such a photography nerd. But yeah, like sometimes you get this beautiful soft glow and you get this beautiful like rainbow, like that is all with light. So the most important tip for photography is that beautiful light. And number two is to try to get candid shots rather than having them, okay, look at the camera pose. Like those are always good. I mean, I I certainly see value in those shots, but I like some of my favorite photos of my children have been candid shots. You want to get them when they're laughing. So 
make them laugh, like play peekaboo if they're young, or you know, like tickling them lightly, like not too much. I'm not a big fan of tickling though, because I feel like that can be like a torture method for some. So I don't like to tickle my kids, but you know, like light, playful tickle. You know, playing peekaboo or just getting them to laugh. You know, you're gonna get some really amazing photos if they're just laughing, like carefree, just like candidly, because there's nothing more beautiful than a child's natural laughter and just them interacting with each other. They don't have to look at the camera. Have them look at each other and laugh. Have them, you know, just play games with each other. Just whatever they do in their natural element, try to capture that. You know, a few ideas is like maybe blowing bubbles is always good, especially using bubbles in that golden hour. You can often get like really pretty colors through the bubbles, through the light around, you know, four to six, depends on where, what region you're in. But that's like a really fun idea you can do in the backyard just of your home. Also, I love using a hose with like an umbrella, like get them, get like a colorful umbrella from Amazon and like really cute, colorful rain boots. And then just go to the backyard or in your front yard and just like spray, have your husband spray them with the water hose. Like one of my ultimate, like my most favorite photo that I'll share with you guys is um, it's on my Instagram, but I think you got to kind of go beyond. So, you know, I'm going to try to share it with when this episode goes live next week, but it's my favorite photo. It was so candid. My girls were just like wearing their natural like pink outfits. They were both, you know, so into princess that I didn't even put on anything pink on them. And they just wanted to go to the backyard and play. So my husband was, I think, like playing with the water hose there. He was just spraying them. They had their little umbrellas and they were just laughing and cracking up. I was like, oh my God, this is such a good moment. I went inside the house. I came out with my camera. I started shooting and that photo is my ultimate favorite. I have it blown up. Like I have it on my wall. It's just a really, really beautiful shot. And some of my favorite shots are these really candid moments. And when you're shooting, make sure you're focusing on their eyes. Especially even with their iPhone, you can kind of tap your screen to focus. Make sure you focus on their eyes because that's how the photo comes out really clear. And like the essence of a child's photography is in their eyes. So even if you get an amazing photo, if it's not focused on their eyes and the photo to me is not good. So make sure you're focusing on their eyes. If you're using like auto uh, setting on a regular phone, like not an iPhone, but a camera, Hopefully it'll focus on their eyes for you. If you, if it has like that tap feature, then make sure you're focusing on their eyes and choose an appropriate setting. So when you're inside the house and you want to do like a photo shoot, I'd recommend a clutter free background. You know, yeah, there are apps to remove that because, but it takes way too much post editing. So, you know, if you want to set aside like an hour, you know, sometime t- this week, for a photo shoot, then just try to make your, you know, background clutter free. I like brighter colors, brighter backdrops than dark. I mean, some people get beautiful moody images with black or darker background, but for me personally, brighter, you know, lighter background just makes me happier. It just feels more fresh and crisp. Yeah, so go for clutter-free, like get rid of all the little things in the background, unless you're trying to capture like the everyday mom life, then I think having all that mess is great because it's a storytelling and it's a, you know, it's a reality. It's portraying your real life. So there's nothing wrong with that. So it really depends on what type of photo you're trying to create. 
Outside is always good because it really allows the kids' smiles and their natural, you know, body language to come out. When you're taking photos of your children, you can't be stressed out because your negativity or your frustration is going to pass on to your children and the their smiles and their body language, you know, their actions, it's not going to come out good. So just try to have fun with it. You know, don't do this when you're stressed out or when you're hungry. Make sure the kids have plenty of snacks. I sometimes do have to bribe my children for photos with snacks. Usually it'd be like gummy bears, you know, nothing too bad. But, you know, sometimes it does help, especially because I have to take photos for my work purpose. And luckily, my kids enjoy it, especially my daughter. She loved taking photos and she was always, okay, mom, like I'm going to pose right now, take a photo of me. So she was like that. My son enjoys it, but only when he's feeling it. I think because he's a boy, he sometimes says no. And I respect that and I don't force him to take photos. Sometimes when he sees me taking photos of my other kids or my daughter, he'll say, mommy, like take a photo for me, take my picture. So it really depends. But in my house, like photography is like a natural part of our lifestyle. I'm sure for a lot of you too, because we all like to take photos of our children. And whether even if you have a personal account, we all like taking photos of our kids because these are memories, right? They grow so fast. There isn't a single photo shoot that I regret. Let me repeat that again. There isn't a single photo shoot in my lifetime that I regret. Sure, it takes, you know, extra work, And there are some, you know, times when I'm frustrated during the preparation process because my husband's moving slow or my kids aren't listening. But, you know, when you put in the time and the work and the energy into it and you get back these beautiful priceless photos of your children and your family, there is really no greater feeling in the world. I'm a huge photography nerd. I love it. I love it. I don't imagine ever stopping this. And I really hope that you guys can you know, take some good photos of your children during this time. Oh, and outfits. Outfits are really important because that's what really creates the overall aesthetic of your photo. And I'm personally not a big fan of the matching look because it's like too easy, right? Like twinning is cute. I think twinning is really cute, but if you're twinning all the time, you're trying to match everything one, you're going to end up like shopping too much just for that photo and it's just not natural. So I like to coordinate or complement colors with my family. So instead of being too matchy-matchy, I like to mix different shades of the same color family or like choose a color scheme, whether it's like gray and white with like a pop of pink or a pop of blue or, you know, mixing up like red with pink And like a different shade of pink, you know, different shade of yellow and mustard yellows and orange, you know, mixing up the colors and prints for me is more interesting visually and it's just more natural. And to me, it just comes out prettier. So, you know, don't overthink. I think the whole problem with, you know, styling, you know, why it's so hard is because we're overthinking. Don't overthink it. Kind of put the clothes together. If you're preparing for like a professional photo shoot, lay the clothes on the floor. And if it feels good to you, like in your gut, you know, I'm a huge advocate of like listening to your intuition in your gut, right? If it looks good, like who cares if it doesn't match, like then it looks good. Some of my favorite photos were like just put together the day before. I never shop separately for photos because it's too much work, you know, it costs too much money. So I just 
you know, go in their closets and I just choose items that I think will work out. And I like to try different colors. So like around Christmas time, I've done, you know, holiday pajamas and, you know, I've done like the reds, I've done the greens. You know, there was a year when I just stayed with like very beige and neutral colors. So I like to try different things and you don't need to shop separately just for a photo shoot. It's too much stress. It's too much work. It's too much money. And don't be afraid to try something new. And, you know, just as long as you're sticking with the same, with a similar like color palette, choose two colors, even three colors, or you can do like one color with like a pop of color here and there. I like to like cross match. So, you know, maybe matching my daughter's shoes with like another member's like hat, maybe a a bow tie or it could be an accessory. Or you might just want to dress your children in like neutral colors and add accessories like colorful umbrella, a lollipop, you know, really cute rain boots, um, their favorite toy, you know, just like put add little props, just try something new and you're going to find that it looks and feels good to you. And that's what you decide. I am also a fan of like letting each child's personality and style shine. So if you're you know, child is going through a phase where he or she only wears, wants jeans, like let them wear a pair of jeans. Or, you know, if your daughter loves princess dresses and that's all she's going to wear, like let her wear her princess dress because it's like capturing that moment of that child's life. Like my oldest daughter, special needs daughter, she's 15 years old, but she still loves all things girly and pink. So she'll always want like a crown or she wants a baby doll or, you know, she wants a pink girly dress. I let her wear that because, you know, in that photo, that's how I can capture how she was when she was 15 years old versus my other daughter. She's kind of going through this like you know, androgynous tomboy, kind of like edgier look. And I was totally in that phase. I understand. So I let her choose her style. She loves like baggy sweats and a crop top and nothing too short, by the way. Then yeah, go ahead. I let her wear that too. And my son is super into like dinosaurs right now. So he loves those cheesy t-shirts with dinosaur print on it. Like that's okay. Because even though the whole point of these photos is not to be perfect, but to capture this moment in history of your family's lives. And that's what's going to make you smile years down the road. So, you know, don't be afraid to experiment and let your children's personality shine. This is a, a tip that might be contradictory. Have a lot of time, set aside a lot of time for photos, but don't take too long. Because, you know, if you're taking a long time, meaning, you know, you want to get the shot, but the kids need breaks in between, maybe they need to go potty or they want snacks or, you know, one kid is, you know, fidgeting. And, you know, when you have multiple kids, you'll know that like that energy kind of spreads amongst your other children. So if one kid is crying and that can make the other kids cry or they could be fighting, whatever. So plan ample time. But don't take too long because it never rarely turns out kids don't have that type of like energy and mental strength or the focus to take too long. So usually for family shoots, you got to just get it done fast as you can. First 15 minutes. If everyone's ready, go shoot, shoot, shoot. And that's it. If it's not a good day, like don't try again right then, you know, take a break go have lunch or, you know, do, you know, go have dinner, have a different activity and then come back to it. And if it's not working, try again the next day. 
with children, their moods and their behaviors are so unpredictable that, you know, these long, super long shoots just don't work well. And my family photographer friends have also told me that. So that's something important to remember. And don't expect perfect photos. Really, like iPhone to me is the best. And if you are interested in learning more about, you know, higher end cameras, I have some tips or I have some recommendations on a blog post and I'll link that below. But just very quick, I don't want to go too much into the camera settings because that's like a whole nother topic. But just know that low ISO means you get that blurred effect and means that you're the subject is on the foreground and the background is blurred. When you shoot at a high ISO, everything's in focus. And that's usually how the iPhone photos work. You know, a lot of the newer iPhone uh, modes have portrait mode. So portrait mode is when you get that blurred background. And the regular iPhone setting is when everything's in focus. And there are, you know, different ways you can play around with this. Usually, if you want to tell a story, and let's say you're, you're at a beach, you don't want to blur out the background. You want everything to show, you know, in landscape photos, you want everything to show. I personally like to sh- shoot like this, usually with my iPhone, like a low ISO that or that blur background look would be valuable if you're just trying to get a portrait, like a headshot of your kids, or if the background is really messy and you just want your child's eyes in focus. And that's, you know, a a good time to use that method. So it really depends on what you're trying to achieve with the photo. And the shutter speed is when, you know, that determines how fast your shutter is like closing. It's like your eyes blinking. So fast shutter speed can capture faster movement. If your child is running, then use faster shutter speed. Slower means it's slower. It usually captures like more. I mean, but I don't want to go too much into this because that's like a different topic. Another tip is to use the rule of thirds. This is when you can visually draw like a grid when you position your subject, not at the center, but to the left or to the right. So you divide your photo into thirds and you position your subject off to the side. You normally get a more natural, professional type of vibe by using this composition. So, you know, most people are so used to just putting their subject dead at the center, but try with different compositions. You get a different perspective that you'll like better. And rule of thirds is a, you know, is a very popular rule in the photography community. And it really works, especially even if you're only taking a photo of one child, try to position him or her not in the center, but off to the side, left or the right. And again, this is easier when you um, look at it on a blog post and I'll link that below as well. So this is like my favorite and my most popular blog post is best cameras for beginning photographers and moms. So I'll also link this below, but I go over, you know, um, the pros and cons of each camera, iPhone, there's compact mirrorless, and there's a Canon Rebel series, which is a entry-level DSLR, which is what I started with. And then of course, the professional grade that you really don't need. I currently use a Canon 5D and it's a professional grade camera. And I've been using this for 
five years. My camera is so old, but this thing is a workhorse. It doesn't break on me and it's still taking amazing photos. I never had a reason to replace it except for the technology. So I'm really just waiting for the next model. When the next model comes out, I'm definitely going to upgrade. And a great compact mirrorless um, is with Canon or Sony. Canon and Sony are two brands that I I love. I've tried various models. You can't really go wrong with them. And there's always new cameras coming out. So make sure you're looking through the reviews. But a compact mirrorless essentially is a smaller mirrorless camera. And the photo quality will be a lot better than your standard iPhone. But again, if you have really great light, then your iPhone quality will be just as good. But when you upgrade or when you use these other cameras, you do have a little more flexibility, meaning, you know, you can take better photos in low light situations or when your child is running really fast, you can get the action shot. So there are definitely pros to owning a mirrorless, a compact mirrorless camera. There's also the Sony, I think A7. I could be wrong, but it's their you know, really good top of the line mirrorless camera that a lot of people love. But I personally use a Canon. It's just something that I started with and I love it. And I know a lot of photographers still use a Canon. So that's my favorite choice. And when you get to like the Canon DSLR, the beauty of the photo is in the lens, not just the body. So there's a zoom lens, which of course you can zoom in and out. And then there's a prime lens, which is a fixed focal length. And I personally love using prime. My favorite is a 50 Canon 50 millimeter or the slightly wider 35 millimeter. 50 is closer. And they say that's like what your eyes, your natural eyes see. 35 is a little wider. And I like wide shots because it gives me room to crop and play with the composition. But again, if this is like sounding more complicated to you, then don't worry about it. If you guys want, I can go over, go into this more in detail on a separate episode. But for today, I just want to share with you guys some of my favorite photography tips. I think right now during quarantine is a perfect time to explore. I know a lot of moms tell me this, like they just don't have the time. They're so busy and I completely understand. But you just have to like find joy in it. But trust me, if you just take a day, you say, okay, you know, I'm going to get photos of my kids today. And if you try different things and it might be frustrating at times and it may seem like a lot of work, but once you get that really beautiful photo, you're going to feel very good. It's going to feel rewarding, especially if you're trying to grow an Instagram page or a blog or an Etsy shop. Practicing photography is only going to help you with whatever it is that you're trying to do. And I think photography skill is a really great skill to have for any parent. So have fun with it. Try different things. Let me know which of these tips work for you, what didn't. And let me know if you want another episode on cameras or photography tips and just know that you you have to have fun with it and let your kids have fun with it don't stress out too much don't shoot when you're hungry or when your children are hungry and everything will go well and I can't wait to hear like what worked for you and what didn't let me know I hope you guys enjoyed this episode have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you guys again next week you are my son 
Thanks so much for listening to Mommy Diary, the podcast. If you can relate to any of my stories, my hope is that you leave this episode feeling a little less alone and a lot more inspired. For more parenting and lifestyle stories, head over to my blog, mommy-diary.com, or join me on Instagram at mommydiary. If you're loving this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a five star review. I love connecting with you, so send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear next. Talk to you next week.